Heavenly Father, Almighty God, I pray for all those who have been victims of abuse, that they are able to process and reconcile their victimization in a way that helps them to forgive, to receive your truthful narrative about them as your children, and to live in your light. I pray in the name, the sacred name, of the King of Kings, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Corinne de Groot is a saved Christian in Christ who served as a police officer who was ranked number two in the world in the bantamweight division of the Women's International Boxing Association, and she was a star on the network television program American Gladiators. She is a personal fitness trainer and her clientele includes Denzel Washington, Aaron Eckhart, and Kim Kardashian, to name but a few. However, Corinne has had her share of struggles and life challenges. On the line with us today to share how she came to Christ is Corinne DeGroote. Hello, Corinne. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's just a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. And where did we catch you today? I am in my um, home in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, Atlanta, Georgia. Well, God bless you and God bless Atlanta, Georgia. Well, thank you. God bless you, too. <laughs> now, Corinne, very exciting stuff. I understand that you were the personal trader for, uh, trainer, sorry, not trader, trainer for Denzel Washington, who, of course, anybody who knows anything about Denzel Washington will recognize that he is a devout Christian and a real advocate for Jesus Christ. So how was that experience? Actually, it was a pretty incredible experience. Um, me and my partner at the time, my fiance, he had a boxing gym called Pound for Pound Boxing Gym, and he was Denzel's primary trainer. He did all the boxing with Denzel, and Denzel is an amazing man. He's an amazing boxer as well. And then um, I started training Denzel and doing some weight work with him. Terry was his primary trainer, but I was able to, to work with him on the weight and then help out a little bit with the food and the nutrition. Uh, that's great stuff, and I understand you've also been a personal trainer for Kim Kardashian and for Aaron Eckhart and some also you know some other very notable personalities. So it must be very exciting. You know, it has been very exciting um, being able to work with celebrities and you know just everyday people as well. But you know, when you put your heart and soul into the things you do and you work hard, you know your talent will take you places where, you know, your character sustains you, but they also take you places that if you didn't put the work in, you wouldn't be there. So it's, um, it's exciting, and it's, it's always well worth the work that you put in. Now, at the time that you were working with Denzel Washington, for example, I imagine that it was no doubt very intense and very rigorous fitness work. Uh, did you have any theological discussions with him, or did you compare notes as both saved Christians, or was it strictly about the workout routine? It was strictly about the workout routine. Um, it's kind of funny sometimes when you're training clients because you don't really know what is appropriate or not appropriate, and sometimes you just throw the throw the line out, and if they bite it, then you start the conversation. But if it's not bitten and, you know, their mind is somewhere else preparing for a script or preparing for something else, then it's, you know, it's not something that you would you would continue on with. It's all business. Understood. Understood. Yes. And American Gladiators. So I understand that you were you were you actually did two years work as an American Gladiator 
through uh, a season. What what years was that? Uh, the years that we I worked on American Gladiator were 2008 to 2010, and I was Panther on the American Gladiators. I was a Canadian, <laughs> the only Canadian on the American Gladiators, and on that series. Um, between the time period of 2008 to 2010, and I was the littlest gladiator at 125 pounds. <laughs> well done, well done, and and a professional woman's boxer as well, top ranked boxer at that. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> Terrific. So, from your roots in Canada, would you please take us back to your childhood and your walk with God, and how were you introduced to Jesus Christ and to the Gospels? Uh, well, growing up for me actually was was pretty tough. I went through some some pretty challenging experiences as a child. Um, you know, I had to I dealt with a little bit of you know some type of some abuse, and I was as a child wondering because I was I was raised in a Catholic environment. I was wondering, you know, where was Jesus and how was how am I in this situation? You know, and and it was a tough situation, and um, it really wasn't until and I had nobody to rely on or depend on because uh, my mother kind of knew and nothing was done. And my father wasn't really in the house at that time. He had his own challenges. So um, it wasn't really until I got to high school because I played soccer since the time I was six years old. And I got on our high school soccer team and I met our coach and our coach was Pastor Graham Ma. And it was through him. He was the first adult that I could really trust. And it was through him, he taught me about the love, the unconditional love of Jesus Christ and what proper child and adult relationships were supposed to be. And it was through him that I had learned the love of God, even though I was raised in the Catholic Church, because I was looking at, you know, my immediate family, whether it's my mother or the people that were in my life that were Christians or Catholics, and their behavior didn't reflect that. So I was very confused. I'm sorry to hear about that in terms of the abuse throughout your childhood. It's all too common, especially in ministry, as you can imagine. Uh, much of the time I'm speaking to people who, you know, they haven't been able to get over that. And it follows them into adulthood, follows them into their own choices, you know, especially adolescent choices as they act out on that, that pain and suffering. So I am so glad, though, that you were able to have contact. And really, yes, embrace I'm sorry, you went out a little bit. I couldn't hear you. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. You're breaking up. I'm hearing bits and pieces. Oh, dear. Can you hear me now? Oh, I can hear you now. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, I'm just, I'm so glad that you were able to come in contact with someone who could mentor you on the saving grace of Jesus. Oh, 100%. Pastor Ma, like changed my life and really turned it around because in high school it was it was really difficult because you once you go through you you deal with like you know sexual abuse or anything along those lines everything nothing means the same anymore so you're very confused especially you're you know you're in high school and you have hormones and nothing is in alignment and it was challenging you know I I drank and then we, you know, it was a small town, thank God, but we, you know, we drank and we used drugs and, you know, we were having sex at an age that was inappropriate through high school. And then Pastor Ma came into my life 
and guided and direct me and really saved my life. And my grades improved. I ended up going to college and then I went to university. I played soccer all the way through and soccer was kind of the saving grace all the way through as well. But I know Pastor Ma, through introducing me to Jesus Christ, saved my life and completely changed my life. Well, it sounds like it turned it right around. So was it immediate? Well, it wasn't immediate because it took some time. A lot of damage had occurred. So it wasn't immediately that my life changed or turned around because first I had to trust Pastor Ma. It took me a, a little while to even speak to him. I watched him for a while and observed his words and his actions and make sure they matched up. But by the end of high school, he he tra- he coached us all the way through high school. So basically by the end of high school, I had a solid foundation with him and his wife and um, I was able to, to have my ears and my heart and my spirit open to understand and to really believe in the love of God and that adults were capable of loving children properly. I'm so glad to hear that. Now, were you able to take what you were learning and what you were living back into the household so that your light shone on your parents? Were they able to see a difference in you and did that pique their interest? Well, no, my, no, I, I was not able to bring that back into my house because my mother was a very, very, very strict Catholic, very strict. And she was well aware of what was going on, but didn't do anything about it at the time. You know, and I don't blame her for that because people make choices based on what's in front of them. And you have to forgive people and let things go. You know, my father was not around. He was, at the time, he was still, um, he was drinking quite a bit and that affected his life. So he wasn't really around. But what I did end up doing was after university, it was important for me to move away from the situation because it was still a very toxic situation. So I moved away from home and I moved to America. I quit the police force and I moved to America by myself because after university, I joined the police force, Ottawa Cotton Regional Police Force. And then I quit the force and I moved to America and I started boxing professionally. And I needed to have that break away from that toxicity. And from there, when I developed my new life in America, my full faith was in Jesus because I was by myself. My full faith was in Jesus because I had goals and dreams that I wanted to achieve that I didn't have any support for, but I knew I could do in my heart because God placed them in my heart. And my walk with Christ was so much stronger because I made big moves and got into alignment with what I really believe Jesus wanted me to do. And my life flourished from that point. Was it challenging being a female police officer? It was extremely challenging being a female police officer. And there weren't a lot of uh, women women on the force, but also there weren't very women of color, many women of color. And I, I liked the job that I did, but I had a, a staff sergeant that was right above me that was very racist and very tough on me. And every day was kind of a hard day even if it was a good day it was a hard day because you have that person breathing down your neck you know but when I looked up around me I enjoyed the job that I did and I had some good peers with me but when I looked around me looked around all of the officers the a lot of the officers were heavy drinkers or had experienced divorce or were having affairs or that kind of stuff and when I when I really looked around and put my head up, I'm like, this is not what I want to look like 10 years, 20 years, 15 years down the road. 
this isn't what I'm going to be passionate about and this is not what I want to look forward to. So I knew that I had a, a journey and I had a purpose there um, in the police force, but I knew it was it had also come to an end and it was time to follow my heart and my spirit and my dreams. And I knew I had to leave to do that. Did you feel, Corinne, at the time, though, that like when you were policing, were you able to still lead with Christ? Was it complementary to your faith to be a police officer? Or did you find that it worked against it? Because I know it's, it can be a very challenging and fearful and, and stressful career for many. I always led with my relationship with God because that was the only thing that I knew was real. You know, especially in, like, very high, highly stressful um, environments, there's, there's, there's nothing that a human being can do. It's only that God can intercede and fill the gaps and fill the places of fear or fill the, the, the faces of trepidation so that you can see clearly, not just with your eyes, but with your heart and your spirit. So for me, it was absolutely an advantage to know that I could always rely on God and make the correct decisions in the moment, and maybe they weren't always the correct decisions, but in the moment, I did the best that I could following my heart through Jesus and not just making an emotional decision. Yeah, I mean, I would think, too, I mean, I've never um, been in the profession of being a police officer, but I can tell you as a constituent, I would hope, and most of the police officers that I've ever encountered, I thought had a really good head on their shoulders. They were calm. They were not impetuous, uh, and they were almost, you know, non-judgmental. Uh, that they they acted, you know, in accordance with all of the rules and 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 policies that they've been trained to follow. But I, I would just hate to think of what one's life could turn into if they didn't have a strong conviction in Christ when they were a police officer. I just don't know how they can handle it as a as a man and woman, man or woman, without that faith. It would be very challenging. It would be very challenging. And you're seeing a lot of that play out right now, you know, in the media, even though, you know, these things have been, atrocities have been going on with for years within the community and the police force and everything that's happening in the world right now. You're seeing it play out. You're seeing it play out not just within the police force, but just in the world in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you know, but go ahead. Well, as an adolescent, so just just going back to your coach, because I think that's just such a wonderful story. So going back to your coach as an adolescent, obviously it, it sounds like it was a bit of a gradual transition, a gradual indoctrination into the Holy Spirit. But was there ever a day where you had an aha moment and, and, and spoke to Christ and said, hey, I give myself to you unconditionally, Lord? Or was it something that happened more over time and just became a, a gradual shift in your your, your faith and your character? Um, I, the, the changing moment for me was, I think I was 16 years old and I tried to commit suicide and, uh, I was at a really, really dark place and I couldn't connect with anybody. I remember my pastor came. No kidding. And and he came to you. Sorry. Yeah. He came and he talked to me. And he didn't he didn't judge me. Yes. And that yes. changed that day because I knew that um, he loved me unconditionally through God. And God didn't judge me. 
And it was really from that moment where I fully accepted God, even though I was still was struggling, that I knew that I had something amazing and wonderful. Truly amazing and wonderful. And I just I just love the fact that you're emotional over it and that it touched your heart to the extent that it did. So many people at that age who've been through abuse end up embarking on a life where they don't believe that they are worthy of love. And of right. course, you now know that love, that God loves us more than we can even be capable of comprehending, let alone for us to have that capacity of love. It is that great. But obviously he really touched your heart by being there, not judging you and supporting you and looking at you through Christ's eyes. So yeah, I would say that sounds like it was quite an aha moment for you. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, and thank you for sharing that with such candor and honesty today. Now, moving forward as you pursued, you know, obviously pursued your ambitions and your goals and your dreams as you went to the United States of America and uh, and then became a, a what we would say a, a a professional athlete, a fitness guru, a, a personality on television. I mean, you went and did so much there. Were you able to keep Christ at the forefront through all of that? Because, I mean, it just seems like that can be a very, you know, for lack of a better term, it can be a bit of a self-absorbed um, profession, being on television or even being a professional athlete. And I think the, the really good ones are able to, keep Christ at the forefront, but was that ever a challenge or were you always able to keep your walk with God as strong, regardless of the success you were experiencing? Um, you, you know, God placed me in such a situation where I needed him every step of the way. I was, I moved to America by myself. I had one friend and I was navigating a whole new country and having to make a living to do it. And so I had to depend on God. God opened doors for me. Everything was much bigger. My dreams were much bigger than I would ever be able to do by myself. And God placed me in situations where um, I had to really, really rely on him and really work hard. And he brought the right situations and he brought the right people around me. And I always had to rely on him because it was always an uphill battle to get to where I needed to be. I was like, I was... I was a female fighter fighting on Mike Tyson's cards and Roy Jones Jr. cards, and I was on their undercards, and it took a lot of hard work. I was training six hours a day, six days a week, and I had to rely on God in every situation because everything I needed had to come from him because I had no way of getting it for myself because I didn't really have a base here. I had no family here. I didn't really speak to my family in Canada because they, they you know, the first two years, they just weren't interested in in really dealing with me because I left. So there was, they were, they were no longer able to have a control on my life, you know? So I was, I was just doing me and I really only had Jesus to depend on. Thank God. And, I was, and it was the best partner that I could have. So that always has stayed with me. And even to this day, I wake up every morning, I have my coffee and I watch TD Jakes for half an hour. And then I pray and I meditate and I don't leave my house unless I do that. And then when I come home, at night, I make sure that I pray and I meditate. So that it's like bookends on the on my day, every day. Well, it, it does sound like bookends, and that's an interesting way of looking at your, you know, your your daily devotions. But it's funny when you say, I only had Jesus in my corner, but I'm glad you follow that up with, you know, I had my best in my corner because, quite frankly, I mean, you can't get a corner man better than Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> Absolutely. I, I, like, honestly, yeah. I don't know how people how people don't have uh, God in their lives and how they function. I, I mentally, I just don't know how it's done. I just don't know how it's done. No, and I'm not was, judging. I, I understand. I just, but I, I, oh, I totally, don't know yeah. how it's done. No, I, I, I totally understand, and I can relate to what you're saying. Was there ever a time after you were saved where you ran into some rough waters where you had any doubts, or, or have you always found that since you've been saved, you were able to live, you know, lead with that confidence and live fearlessly in Christ? I, I won't. I've never had a doubt in Jesus Christ and His hand on my life. But of course, we go through tough times. People pass away, or animals pass away. You have losses. You have um, hard life lessons that hit you. But for me, it's always. I always know that when something very challenging is happening, that it's a lesson that I have to learn so I can get to the next level for the greatness God has for me at that level. So. I've always, I've, I've learned that over the years. So it's almost like when I'm going through something challenging, I thank God for the challenge and thank God for the growth and thank God for what he's about to teach me and for the next level that he's about to bring me to and where how I can help influence other young women or other people in my life or even my, my peers. And have you had opportunities, Corinne, to be able to mentor other people or, or young people like yourself? Oh, 100%. Um, my my bigger picture, the next thing that I really want to do is I want to go and I pu- public speak and go into schools and um, teach teach these girls, like, no matter what you want to do. Like, I've, I've been a police officer. I've, I've been a, um, sorry, I've been, you know, an American gladiator. I've been a stunt when I'm a professional athlete. I'm a businesswoman now, and I'm still doing my stunts to show them that anything that they want to do, that they can go ahead and achieve no matter what they've gone through and where they've come from. And I, I just recently moved back to Atlanta three months ago. And um, when I was living here before, we were mentoring the girls in the schools here and teaching them about life and what they wanted to achieve and where they wanted to go and to teach them exactly how to do that and trying to change their mindset in terms of what their goals are and what their dreams are and not limiting them to Atlanta or to like a six block radius. You know, the world is their oyster. Where has your travels taken you as, as an American gladiator and as a, a stunt person and television personality, where have your travels taken you? Oh man, my travels have taken me all over the world. I've been to, Korea, I've been to, we went to the DMZ in Korea. That was through the American Gladiators. I was in South Africa with um, Denzel. My my fiance at the time was actually training him at that time. I've been all over Europe, um, you know, on USO tours and doing stunt work. And I've had the ability to travel all over America and South America as well. So it's it's been a wonderful journey. I will say that anybody that wants to achieve anything, they really just need to dedicate the time, figure out what they want to do and then um, do everything that they can step-by-step to achieve that goal and anything that doesn't align with that goal, that they have to really just leave that alone, and they'll always have success like that. And during those travels as a a professional boxer, for example, and all Mm -hmm. of these other exciting things that you've done for a living, during those travels, would you share with us 
some of the other interesting or notable personalities and individuals who you've encountered along the way that we haven't spoken about yet. You know, we've mentioned Aaron Eckhart, we've mentioned Denzel Washington, Kim Kardashian, and of course you were you were fighting on Mike Tyson's card. That's pretty spectacular. But are there other you know notable personalities that you've bumped into or met along the way? Um, actually, my fiance at the time we were he was training um, Matt Damon, and um, it was one of the Bournes, and we were like in Paris and I think uh, Spain as well. And they were just like a, a most amazing, beautiful people. Um, again, the whole, my, we traveled to Scotland with Mike Tyson and we fought, you know, here in Vegas or well, fought in Vegas at the MGM Grab. And that was a pretty amazing experience. And I know people have their thoughts about Mike, but he was actually a very, very kind and supportive human being. And I have nothing but good things to say about him. <laughs> And good for you. None of us should judge. Never. Now that, never. that was a bit of a setup question, those last two questions, because uh, where I'm going with this is throughout your various journeys, you know, as a born-again, saved Christian woman, throughout your journeys, have you found that you've been surprised at how many people you've met are also saved Christians or have you found that there's others that are Christians that have graduate have, have gravitated towards you? So I know Bridget Riley, for example, you two have made each other's acquaintance and you're very good friends and you're both sisters in Christ. Are there others that you've bumped into along the way? And do you feel that the Holy spirit does guide you to, to bump into other Christians along the way through your career? Oh, absolutely. And it's not always the, the, the person with the big name. It's, it's, it's so crazy. It's the, the hairstylist that's doing your hair on set that you have this amazing conversation with about Jesus and how Jesus has touched their lives. And I actually, I was in, um, I was working on Sisters, which is a Tyler Perry show out here in Atlanta. It was in end of June last year. And the lady that was doing my hair, I looked at her and God had told me to ask her. I was like, hey, are you okay? Is everything okay in your life? You know, and, and she looked so sad but she was trying to put on a brave face and her husband had, she had an issue, something had recently happened with her husband and she was devastated. And we just prayed together and we cried together. And by the end of it, I was able to help her uplift her spirit through God. And she was just like, you just don't know. I said, it wasn't me, it was Jesus that, that told me to ask you. And it's always those little gems like that along the way that I experience almost like on a weekly basis because I know God is leading my life. And that's what we're here for. Like, we're not here for ourselves. We're here to always help and empower and lighten the load for other people. What has been the single biggest challenge for you in terms of having to forgive somebody and follow, you know, Christ's instructions for us and model and, and demonstrating that for us in terms of how to forgive others who've wronged us? You know, I think the biggest challenge for me, I would have to say, is my mother. I, you know, I've spoke to her on Mother's Day, I think the first time in four years prior to that, because um, there's a lot of pain associated with that. But then I just have, always have to look at it like people make the best decisions that they make in the moment because of the set of circumstances and the experiences that they have that are really in front of them. And I really believe if people know better, they would genuinely do better. 
And it doesn't mean that they're going to acknowledge that they did anything wrong and they don't need to, but the forgiveness is really for you so that you don't carry that burden of anger around and that you release them also. And they know that they're released from you and then they can do with it what they want. You don't have to be their best friend. You're not, you don't have to have a relationship with them if that's not what is, is going to happen on, on, on their side or on your side. But you just know that people do the best that they can do in the moment and, and that's their best. And if that's their best, then you just have to accept that, that God knows best and it's for you to say, I understand and I forgive you and release it. Well, and I salute you like good on you because that is, you know, it's a lot easier for us to forgive those who we don't love, right? It's so much easier to forgive those who we don't necessarily have an emotional tie to, but when we feel wronged by those who we love and who we feel should have reciprocated or demonstrated that love in a way that we expected, it can be difficult and challenging at times to forgive them. So it must've taken a lot of strength and, and uh, God bless you that you were able to do that. Did your mother apologize? Is that how you came to forgiveness or did you decide that you were going to forgive her regardless of whether an apology was extended? I decided I was going to forgive my mother regardless of of an apology being extended because it's very, an apology is not something that can cover something. You know, you can apologize about something and and I understand that, but it, it's it's a much deeper level of forgiveness that it doesn't require an apology, even if an apology is given. It doesn't require an apology because it's it's really you're working through Jesus, and it it doesn't require anything. It doesn't require anything. It does you know not I mean? require anything, and you truly are working through Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is working through you when we apologize. Corinne, I want to thank you so much for taking the time today and for your honesty and candor and sharing your story. God bless you in all of your travels, and and, uh, may Christ be with you in your future endeavors. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, and I hope you have a beautiful day, and I think what you're doing is just amazing. Everybody has a story, and we can all learn from each other, so thank you so much. You have been listening to my interview with Corinne DeGroote. Job chapter 6 verse 10. This would be my comfort. I would even exult in pain, unsparing, for I have not denied the words of the Holy One. Psalm 18 verse 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation my stronghold. Psalm 34 verse 18. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 14. Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. For you are the one I praise. And Matthew chapter 7 verses 7 to 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. I'm Pastor Joseph Clark. Thank you for joining me this week for JC and Me. May Christ be with you.